This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the first Top 4 Under 40 podcast. I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In March, we launched a program to recognize young poultry leaders. We were blown away by the impressive nominees. And now we're celebrating our top four under 40 of this podcast series. These producers are proven leaders, innovators, and advocates. We start by talking to Harley Siemens, an egg farmer from Rosenort, Manitoba. Harley co-manages Siemens Farms with his dad, Kurt. Recently, he led his farm's transition to aviary housing. This included building both lair and pullet barns. He's also a tireless educator and advocate for his industry. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsors for their support, including our gold sponsors, Aviagen and Egg Farmers of Canada, and our silver sponsor, Canadian Hatching Egg Producers. Now let's talk to Harley. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background and the history of your family's farm? So um, I live here in Rosenart, Manitoba, which is about 35 minutes south of Winnipeg. Uh, we own and operate a 24,000 layer facility here on our farm, along with 15,000 pullets. Um, a couple of years ago, we converted our whole operation over to free run aviary. Um, we contain them in three barns. Um, yeah, I'm the fourth generation egg farmer. Uh, me and my wife, we live here on the farm with our three kids, Tennille, Sawyer and Beckett. And yeah, I just love living and growing up on the farm and uh, want to teach my kids how to uh, take over the family business. And yeah, living the farm life is some of the best life that you can have. So love to give them that opportunity. And in the previous uh, year, we actually just uh, finished purchasing uh, a part of another farm that's located in Niverville and also in Blumenart. So did you always have a passion for egg farming from a young age? Uh, I'll be honest, from a young age, it wasn't always the best thing when dad would say on Saturday mornings, okay, let's go gather the eggs. So I would say at the start, it wasn't always my favorite thing in the world to go gather the eggs. But I did always love uh, helping my dad out. Uh, if that was hauling manure, if that was cutting the grass around there, if that was going in, moving the birds out and stuff like that. Um, but the older I got, the I guess my appreciation towards the industry grew. And of course, also the older I got, the more interested I was in um, really the fine details and how can we optimize our production and optimize our growth and everything in the egg farming. So I think I started to take a look at really the technical side of it. And that really interests me as well. And of course, I just love walking in the barn. I find it very, very relaxing from the busy world that we live in to be able to check grows, just be with the birds. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, on your nomination, it said you were actually able to run the whole barn by the age of 10. Is that true? <laughs> I could. I, I could do quite a bit. I, I hate to be told uh, I can't do something. So from a young age, dad said I was very stubborn. So I like to learn how to ride all. And I remember, yeah, I was 10 years old. Dad said, okay, Harley, go to the barn. So I'd gather all the eggs, check all the rows, sweep the aisles, uh, dust, uh, take up the dust pans, all those things. Yeah. 
it was I don't know if that was called child labor or that was voluntary <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so nowadays so what does your day-to-day role look like on the farm now so nowadays um we got one other worker it's actually my brother-in-law Mitchell he helps us out um with COVID happening and stuff my dad's around a lot more often he's not uh, uh in different places in the world so us three we meet in the barn usually we start at eight o'clock um because there's three barns it's really nice we have three different people so each person takes one barn and check it over um what we like to do is we'll alternate every day or every other day uh check other barns because if one person missed something the other person may catch it um and stuff like that um then uh usually the employee he's going to gather the eggs but while that's happening uh we have an office in the barn and i'll go over calculations and stuff like that look at our egg numbers uh look at our profits or returns look at feed consumption rates uh feed conversion all that type of stuff and i've been i've been building spreadsheets and different platforms to track all that data so i can compare it year to year and look at historical data and really get down to the nit and gritty of it um so yeah that's usually what i do on a day to day in the mornings and then usually in the afternoons we'll work around the farm but uh, a couple of times a week then we'll head out to our other farms uh neverville and blumenort the one in neverville right now we are working on renovating that one to become a free run aviary as well and our other barn is enriched barn so we go there quite a bit and work on uh fine tuning that one and getting it up to our standards so you were saying you said you said before that you oversaw like a big housing transition at your farm in re, uh in recent years so could you tell us a bit more about that and all the planning that went into it like i know you had a big role in leading leading it yeah and searching the best practices yeah no um so a couple of years i bet i was uh just thinking back that it was 2017 yeah it was 2017 um it was the springtime and i just so i got married in 2016 um and i also graduated from university in 2016 and i want to come back to the farm i got my agriculture diploma in livestock management i want to come back to the farm and at that point in time our barn was built in the 80s and we renovated in 2001 and we added in rich row in 2009 and while me and dad were looking at it uh dad said well we want to grow our farm but uh there wasn't much quota for sale and plus we want to be able to support two families so we looked at different options and we found oh maybe free run was a good way so what i did is i went off to london poultry show i toured some barns out there uh talked to some different cage providers and stuff like that and it really all fell into place very quickly so that happened in march and i came home and i said dad this is what we got to do he says do you want to do it let's go so then we i got i made some drawings up we met with people got everything kind of started and two and a, two years later we were up and running fully so that was all three barns um i got to credit my dad for trusting me in those decisions to go that way um but really it was we said it a million times it was literally the best decision that we've ever made on our farm not only were we able to provide for two families now we can provide for three um just the ease of work for it is how much we enjoy going to the barn in the morning and if you yourself enjoy going there and enjoy working in that environment you're already way ahead so that was yeah we've been very fortunate with that 
Um, but yeah, it was a long two years of a lot of planning. Um, as everybody who's listening to this podcast will know that uh, timing is very important. So as soon as we put the shovel in the ground, we knew exactly when our chicks had to be in, exactly when we had to move them and the cycle started. So there was a lot of long, stressful days working till 2 a.m. to get things done, but it all ended up working out very well in the end, which we're very thankful for. Yeah, I was wondering, so a few years in, how have things gone and how has everything changed in terms of barn management, bird management and that sort of thing? Yeah, I, what me and dad have said that we've learned a lot, but it's what the, uh, what the birds have actually taught us. Um, I, find, I, find, I find myself a lot more times in the barn, not, not looking, like I look for things, but I more look at the traits of the birds. I'm um, in a cage facility or rich facility, you're looking, oh, are birds caught and stuff like that? Or are these things running and different things like that? But the birds can't do much, right? they're they're uh, not going to be able, you don't see if there's a hot or cold spot in the barn as much and stuff so I'm really focusing on the behavioral traits of the bird this time and to see why are they not going into this area or why do they love going in this area why do they all want to lay eggs in this nest why don't they want to lay eggs here and different things like that and um, what's also crazy is the times of the year, different times of the year, they like to do different things. Even uh, it's very interesting to me. And I try and keep a log of all these different things that I see and different processes. But uh, as people have told me before, and now I believe them after the end of the flock, the next flock comes and oh, it's totally different. Then they don't want to do this. So it's always a challenge. Um, and I, of course, I love welcoming challenges. So it, it's really fun to do that. Um, yeah, we've learned a lot of different things. We've had some big issues come up and different things have happened. We've lost birds, but they've all been learning processes. So I said to people, if they want to go to free on Avery, I will let them know all the mistakes I made so that they don't have to make the same ones. Um, I could be the guinea pig, but no, we've, we've, we've really enjoyed it. Uh, I think now while we're in our third year, and they say it usually takes five years to get a hold of it. So we're almost there, we're almost there, but we are enjoying it very much. And you also transitioned to raising your own pullets too, right? I think in an aviary system. Yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was a whole thing in itself. I think, I do think though, it was good that we didn't raise pullets before for the fact that when we came into it, we were totally newbies, right? So it wasn't like, oh, a cage pullet should be doing this. Why is my pullet doing this, right? So we were totally starting fresh. And I think, uh, what are the, um, yeah, they say sometimes not knowing everything is good. <laughs> so it was a fresh slate to start. Um, but once you kind of got a hold of it, um, with the pullets, more in fact, yeah, their behavioral traits change but we kind of run, run them on a very similar schedule. So on this date, we know we got to start opening up the opening up the cages to start uh, letting them out to train. We got to put this many ladders in this section. We got to space them this way. We got to run this type of uh, program. So we've kind of started a SOP standard operating procedure handbook so that we can look back and what do we do in this year? And we kind of have it down to science. So in these days, we got to do this. At this age, we do this. And it's really helped take the guessing out of it. 
but of course you still gotta learn with the bird and some things may change but yeah it was quite the whirlwind to get going but i think we got it down pat pretty good now so there's a lot of training involved to get them used to that free run housing system yeah so at the different farmers do it at different times what we've been doing uh about four weeks old uh then we'll start opening them up so the barn uh when we place the chicks it looks like just a normal conventional style barn and then at four weeks we'll drop the doors and we'll create different uh there will be nine pens uh within the sections because there's two rows and then we make three pens but they can't go underneath at the start so it creates nine sections um we built special ladders that actually clip in and then we open the doors and those doors actually flip out and become balconies so then those birds uh they're going to hop out but we only open up about one cage per day um because at night those birds all have to go back into the system so as soon as we open it up usually we're in the barn uh this last time we were in there for three weeks every night we go in there pick up all the birds on the floor put them back and every, the next night, depending if there's too many on the floor, we'll open another cage up. And usually it takes us about two weeks to open everything up. You open up all the bottoms first, then you open up the tops. And they actually teach each other. So that's kind of the point. Once you really chain, train the bottom ones well, then when you open up the top uh, cages, then those ones are going to see what the bottoms are doing. But you still got to go in there and you pick up the birds. It's it's not the funnest work in the world, but when we, we have three guys, we go there with our headlamps. We, we have a uh, special covers for our headlamps. So it's not too bright. It's a nice blue light. Uh, so they can't see it as well. And we go in there and it takes us about 20, 30 minutes to pick up all the birds. And then, yeah, now three weeks later there, every night you go in there, there's no birds on the floor. And then we can open up the underneath and then they get even more space to move around. So yeah, there is, there is a quite a bit of trading, and the more work that you put into the pull-up barn, we found we reap those rewards uh, in the layer facility. Because if you think about it, only for a couple of weeks, if I bust my butt in that barn, I get to reap that reward for a whole year. Then those birds aren't going to lay eggs in the floor. They're way more. Uh, their mobility is increased. They can fly from the floor to the top and do all those things. Uh, it's well worth all that extra work. Did you have like an expert or someone helping you with a pullet raising phase at, at the beginning? I called as many guys as we know um, that had these systems. The one thing was, is this was when we put this in, I could be wrong, but how there was hardly any, or this was the first one of this style of Hellman Avery pullets. The, there was Hellman Avery pullet uh, systems out there. They call it the pro pullet um but we hadn't seen this style so there was a couple of differences that we had compared to other guys but we did connect uh we have great colleagues out in quebec that have run these systems for a couple of years we were in touch with them um in touch with the guys at hellman uh to see uh what was their handbook what they figure and stuff so we did have a lot of different resources and that's why I think it's so important to build your social network up to understand what other people are doing. And you don't have to necessarily do it exactly how they're doing, but it is incredible. When you talk to a lot of people and you get that network networking, you can uh, fix it all to how you want to do it in your barn. And it's incredible the things that you can do with that. So I know you're also really active in terms of advocacy. So could you tell us about some of the more memorable programs you've been involved with? Yeah. So I, 
I believe it's very important uh, for us as egg farmers, not just egg farmers, but uh, Canadian, uh, just agriculture farmers, uh, for us to share our story because people people out in uh, urban communities and stuff like that, they don't necessarily get to see that side. So what I always say to people is, just open your open your door. Don't be honest with them because if you can build up that trust, that is that is super powerful because then you get people behind you. Um, one thing that I've been doing lots is I uh, got some awesome connections with uh, our local CFL team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I get a lot of the players out here, take them for tours with the family, and then I say I'll supply you with eggs for the year just to have that word out. And Adam Big Hill has been a huge supporter of our farms. And I love working uh, with Manitoba Egg Farmers and all the different events that we put on. Now with COVID, we've been at a standstill for quite some time, but doing different events, uh, setting up uh, live animal displays for the public to come. And I, I don't like to use the word teach, but just show them what we do. And some of the, and just have all their questions. There's, I always say there's no such thing as a dumb question because they, they just don't know. And we can't get, upset with them because they don't know things it's our job to help inform them and show them what we do uh, a couple other things love to do uh worked uh world egg day uh went into grocery stores stood by uh the egg section set up a display and just talk about eggs answer different questions uh egg, egg farmers of canada have done an awesome job with that program uh also done hill breakfast went to parliament hill talked to the M MPs and senators all about what we do as a living and how important it is that they support supply management uh, because then I, without supply management, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now and have the success that we've had. So yeah, I encourage anybody who's in this industry and agriculture in total, just share your story. Uh, people, people will love it and will love to hear about it. So did you participate in the Young Farmers Program? I have participated um, in 2014. I was actually one of the delegates for Canadian, Canadian Young Farmers Forum. So I was off in Calgary and I was one of the delegates and I was a part of that program for a while. After that with building the barns and uh, now with purchasing our new farm and I'm actually the president of that farm. So we've been just swamped busy and I haven't had the chance to do as much stuff as I'd like to, but hopefully things will calm down in the near future. And I get to do a couple more uh, boards and do that uh, style for sure. And you were even on TV baking, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm glad they didn't show the whole process. <laughs> My wife is the good baker, not me. But yeah, going, going on TV, uh, different social media ads. Um, we've also uh, filmed commercials here at the farm. We've been at Cineplex theaters like uh, before the movie starts. Uh, one time, took my took my daughters to Frozen, and suddenly, hey, look, Daddy's up on the screen. So it's pretty cool seeing it on uh, CTV, different channels like that, on buses, bus stops. Um, yeah, the more I can get the word out, uh, I've made some great uh, relationships in the TV industry with uh, different news anchors. Uh, when we opened up the new barn, I got a whole TV crew out here. They did a whole series different things like that. Another thing I should mention, worked really well with uh, air culture in the classroom here in Manitoba. Um, with COVID, uh, we thought it'd be really cool to do a virtual tour. So we did a Zoom webinar and I had a headset and we had a 
my phone all set up on osmosis device and we had uh what did they say it was 180 classrooms across manitoba watching live uh virtual tour with asking questions in my ears and stuff it was it was awesome i've done a lot of things like that um university of manitoba has also been a great supporter we get a lot of different classes out and again this year's covid we sent out some crews we did some videos and it was awesome we'd show the videos in the class and then i would come on for a zoom call and they would ask questions so the more i can reach out the the better the better for our industry so what advice would you give to young to the younger generation looking to become poultry leaders my one thing that i like to say in a lot of my presentations is just say yes i know a lot of the things are scary to look at uh, to go do interviews to do radio interviews to do all that stuff just just embrace it you're you may think what you do is just the same old same old but people are really amazed by it that you you have to think about you are supplying the food to everybody in canada like a massive staple of eggs and um, chicken and stuff like that like it's so important but I think a lot of times we just take that for granted because that's our everyday thing we go to the barn in the morning we check our heads but if you take a look back like think of all those birds that you're in charge for think of all the families that you're feeding it is a huge responsibility and you should take huge pride in that great so uh, to end off so what are your future plans for the farm uh, future plans for the farm so here at Siemens Farms uh, for a little bit I think we're gonna just relax <laughs> we just finished building a brand new shop in our yard and doing a lot of landscaping with the new barns so now that we got in a hold of things uh, we're just gonna kind of let her go and just work along um, but now with buying this new farm uh, Manova with our partners out in Quebec uh, well, later today, I'm going off to our other one of our other sites there that we're making free run. Uh, I'm going to crush up some concrete and we're renovating that barn to hold free run. And then, uh, yeah, just understand that we have another one there with uh, Enriched Systems. Uh, I've worked a little bit with Enriched Systems, but just understand that more. And how can we optimize those two facilities? So there's always something on the go with us. All right, great. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you very much there, Brett. And uh, it is an honor to be named uh, top four um, in the Young Farmers category on the Canadian Poultry Magazine. I want to thank you, everybody, or uh, the people that nominated me. And yeah, it was great. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit canadianpoultrymag.com slash podcasts.